You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout-out, as always, if you're listening on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Because the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week source for you to get insight, entertainment, and information to help you win your leagues and win that cash. I also want to give a big shout-out to anybody watching live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube live stream. We take you right inside Studio 34, and I got my crew down there in the fantasy pit of misery. We got my man, the manimal, Chris Bavona on the ones and twos. He's making it so hot that we sweat steam. Also got my boy Danny Otto down there as well. We're going to catch up with him a little bit later on because he's working down there in the chat room with the hashtag StatsOverBeatCypher. It is the Fantasy Freestyle, so y'all can ask me absolutely anything. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But we got a good show for you on a Thursday. We're going to continue my Championship Sunday confidence ranks. We talked about the offenses. We talked about the defenses. Today, we ranked the four coaching staff staffs still in contention for the Vince Lombardi trophy. I also told you that so far, the Major League Baseball hot stove hasn't been that hot. It's been eh, lukewarm at best. So we're going to dive in and see what big moves are still out there to be made. Who is still able to be signed? What trades may still happen? We're going to project a little bit here on the Fantasy Freestyle. And like I said, we put the fun in functional sports radio. We got a couple things to talk about. How uh, North and South Korea are coming together three weeks from now. We're going to talk about that. And like I said, we got my boy Danny Otto down there. Uh, He's big into MMA, little UFC as well. So I want to get his take on something I heard about... uh the notorious one maybe meeting his match, and it is not Floyd Mayweather. What we also, though, is we got a poll question up right now um, on Twitter. You can find me at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. The question today is, would you rather your team be elite or best in the NFL at quarterback, defensively, coaching, or maybe there's the game one in the trenches with the offense and defensive line. Let me know. I'm going to tell you right now. We got over 100, 125 uh, votes in just the last hour. I am surprised by what the people are saying. So talk about it in the chat room. Vote on Twitter. We will get into that. The number to call if you want is 844-843-6879. We're going to get it in with the hashtag stats over Cypher. You know what it is. The stable genius is in the building That's me, by the way, Speeds, the Spittin' Statistician. So come on back. It's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News and notes, uh, somewhat important mispractice today. We'll get into that. Major League Baseball hot stove. Confidence ranks as it comes to the coaches and you. The stats over beat Cypher. Bring it back here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Let's go. 
The Sharpest Fantasy Sports Minds are now available 24-7 straight from your mobile device. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app and listen live or on demand to the finest tips, strategies, and advice from your favorite fantasy personalities. It's free and available for both iOS and Android devices. Your life isn't slowing down, so why should your fantasy sports? Head to FNTSY.com slash radio and download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app today. Hey, dirty. Give me that money. You know what it is. Uh, it's fantasy freestyle right here. Speeds and spitting statistician, the stable genius in the building. Inside Studio 34 and rocking Riley's. It's a Thursday. We got some happy hour action going on right now. But I am holding you down with my guys down in the fantasy pit of misery to help you win your leagues and win that cash. I want to give you some news and notes from around the NFL. And we start with practice reports. Remember how yesterday I told you uh, the feeling didn't practice and and uh, Fournette was limited. They're all going to go, though. Don't worry about it, right? So for the lar- for the most part, it's the same thing today. Adam Thielen, back at practice on a limited basis. He's got a back injury. He's working through it. He'll be fine. Rex Burkhead, back at practice, coming back from that knee injury. Limited practice. I think he's going to go, and I think that does have impact for guys like James White, guys like Deion Lewis. If you want to get Patriots running backs into your DFS lineups, all of a sudden they become once again a fantasy herd. I might look elsewhere tomorrow. I'll give you my DFS lineup for Championship Sunday. Leonard Fournette, back. Limited participant with that ankle, but he's going to go. The other one I will tell you, and people are losing their uh, damn minds on on this one. Tom Brady didn't practice today. Um, He was limited yesterday, downgraded to DNP today. Now, I maintain that Tom Brady is going to play going to be the quarterback for the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But if you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, you know I hate midweek injuries because that means it happens in practice. They talked about it already. He jammed his hand in practice on Wednesday. I don't like midweek downgrades, and he went from limited to DNP. These are issues, okay? This is real. And here's the thing. Will it be an issue? Probably not. He'll be fine. But the Jags are going to get pressure. They are going to hit Tom Brady. Um, So let's find out what happens. Tom Brady will go. The only thing is, will this actually be an issue in performance? I think it's very interesting. Let's see if Tom Brady practices tomorrow. Also news, the New York Jets have fired their offensive coordinator, Johnny Morton. This after just one year. And here's the interesting part. They're saying that there were some philosophical differences or some issues he had with players and with Todd Bowles. Maybe there was just no chemistry and it took them a year to figure it out. Some people are talking about Todd Haley, how he might get a look. Remember, he's no longer with Pittsburgh. Most people, though, consider the current quarterbacks coach, Jeremy Bates, the strong candidate to take that role. I told you about Todd Haley, how he has moved on from Pittsburgh. Well, the Steelers made it official today. They have, in fact, elevated Randy Fitchner uh, to be their offensive coordinator. He was their quarterback's coach. And like I said, Big Ben wanted this. Big Ben was close to him. Big Ben said, remember, quote-unquote, the least amount of change because they're on the precipice there. So it looked like Big Ben... 
Le'Veon Bell, you hear Antonio Brown, you hear Martavis Bryant. It looks like they are going to give it one more shot. I'm telling you right now, next year will be the last year of the window for the Pittsburgh Steelers because after next year, Big Ben, bye. If they franchise tag Le'Veon Bell again next year, Bye. So next year is going to be the opportunity for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, um, I talk about Jarvis Landry and uh, how he wanted that Devontae Adams money. We talked about that. We're also hearing today, he's reinforcing this, okay? He's saying he will not take a quote-unquote hometown discount for the Miami Dolphins. I think Landry is going to wind up elsewhere. I think he is going to test the free agent market, and there will be someone out there that offers him, you know, 13, 14, 15 million dollars a year. I expect Jarvis Landry to go elsewhere. So what does that mean? That means if you're in a dynasty league, guys like Devontae Parker, guys like Kenny stills they will have their uh usage their target rate go up remember with the returning ryan Tannehill, all likelihood so keep an eye on guys like Devonte parker especially in dynasty leagues i think he's going to do much better because i also think the targets that went jarvis landry's way will not be there anymore the last note i'll give you is that the falcons remember there's been much uh, consternation about this the falcons have announced they in fact will retain their offensive coordinator steve sarkeesian for the 2008 season. All right. I've been talking to you guys all week about the Major League Baseball uh, hot stove and how there's not a lot of things that have been going on so far. I told you about some of the reasons why. I believe that was on Tuesday's show. I told you about the big-time free agent class next offseason with names like Machado, Donaldson, Harper, Kershaw, Blackman, Keuchel, and more. And that's the thing, right? Teams might be saving their... uh, Pocketbooks, saving their budgets this year to blow it out next year. Teams are trying to get under that 189 uh, threshold to not have to pay the luxury tax, right? I also said that Scott Boris has all these clients, so maybe he can kind of control the entire market. You know, he doesn't want to, you know, settle with one of his clients to start a ripple effect for his other clients. So he's holding that line a little bit more, and with all the clients that he has, he's able to do that. I told you about a great piece that I saw from Jeff Passan out there in Yahoo saying there's not really a lot of diversity of thinking these days in front offices so that means all these teams are valuing the same stats maybe it used to be it used to be things like on base percentage now it's things like you know launch angle you know now it's things like pitch framing stuff like that so with all the front offices valuing the same things, they're all, they've got all these free agents on the same big board, you know, pretty much. And that's a very interesting thing. But listen, there were some trades. The Marlins uh, went absolutely crazy, right? T- trading Osuna, trading Gordon, trading Giancarlo Stanton. But here's what I think can still happen. Marlins ain't done yet. Okay, Christian Yelich, they're not going to keep Christian Yelich. I'm telling you right now, they're going to move him. I think they're going to move him to the Atlanta Braves, if you want to know the truth. They're talking about maybe uh, Dansby Swanson coming back. I think they're going to move Yelich. I think they're going to move JT Realmuto. If you're a team that needs a catcher, this is a catcher that can hit on the top of the lineup. These these don't grow on trees, okay? I think JT Realmuto will still move in the next month and a half. And also, remember with the Marlins now, Starlin Castro also requesting a trade. Wouldn't it be crazy if they just traded him right to back to the Yankees? Yankees need a second baseman, a third baseman, unless you believe in uh, Miguel Andujar and Gleyber Torres or Ronald Torres. I, I think much like when the Yankees traded Chapman to the Cubs and then just got him back, they might do the same thing with Star Castro. But check this out. I think there's also a relievers market. 
I know Brad Hand signed the three-year deal with San Diego, but this kind of lefty out of the pen I still think has great demand. This is a guy with almost 12 Ks per nine innings. This is a guy who had a 2.16 ERA. The Padres don't really need him. I think he can still be moved even after signing a three-year deal. You also have Greg Holland out there, who I still think will be elsewhere. You have 41 saves for the Rockies, 70 Ks and only 51 innings pitch. You're telling me there aren't some teams out there? The Astros, the Giants, the uh, Rockies, even though they've bolstered it with Ray Davis and stuff. I think there are some players, places out there that still are in the reliever market. What about these Royals? The Royals still need to move. Hosmer. Hosmer at 318 with 25 homers. He's going to go somewhere. Maybe he even goes back to Kansas City. But if he goes back to Kansas City, then guess what? Lorenzo Cain is gone. Moustakis, gone. Could the New York Mets take a guy like a Mike Moustakis? I I think that's viable. You know, they already got uh, Adrian Gonzalez, right? So I think they're out on Hosmer. But what about a guy like Moustakis? Do they have enough money? Will they spend money? Maybe not. You know, what about other contenders like, uh, for example, in Seattle? You don't think in Seattle they could use a guy like Lorenzo Cain? You know, I know they got D. Gordon is going to play center field for them. Yeah, we'll see. Check this out. There's still the trade market. I mean, the starter market. Alex Cobb can still be moved. Like, what if the Tampa Bay? What's Tampa Bay doing? Could they move Alex Cobb? I think that could still happen. Could Michael Fulmer be moved in Detroit? Like, they right now are in full-on rebuild. Maybe they can get more pieces for Fulmer, right? You Darvish still out there. Jake Arrieta still out there. Maybe the Rays will trade more than just Alex Cobb. Maybe Odorizzi could be on the block as well. And then, listen, in the NL Central, I think there's some, like, the Pirates just traded Andrew McCutcheon already. What about Josh Harrison? He's requesting a trade. Now, the longest-tenured Pirate. What about a guy like Billy Hamilton? You're telling me Billy Hamilton couldn't be a nice little ad for a team that's, uh, you know, trying to, trying to make noise? What about a team like the Minnesota Twins? I know they have Buxton, but Buxton's been up and down. What about more speed with a guy like Billy Hamilton? You know, what about um, the defending AL champions, Houston Astros? I know they have Springer out there, but these are guys that still can be. This is what's making it harder for me to make my ranks. We talked about um, in Chicago, what about a guy like Avasail Garcia? You know, like the the Sox are in full on rebuild mode. Like maybe you know. So these are things. There's still. I, I I told you before that you know as of like last week there was only 45 free agent deals made. That compared to like 62 and 88, 92 in years past. That makes for this next month and a half before pitches and catches report, which is happening in under a month. There's gonna still be a lot of activity, and that's why personally, Speeds the Spit and Statistician is waiting to make my rankings and to start going team by team. Because there's a lot of movement still. J.D. Martinez also the sp- still the big shoe to drop. We heard that Boston offered him 5 for 100. Who else did? There's going to be still some things left to happen. All right, when we come back here on Fantasy Freestyle, I give you my confidence ranks for the four coaching staffs that are left. You don't want to miss that. It's Dane Martinez, Speeds, the Spent Statistician. Right here is Fantasy Freestyle. Let's go. Ooh-wee! 
everybody. It's me, Joe Pizzapia. Baseball is back, and that means the Fantasy Baseball Black Book is back as well. It's me, it's Paul Spore writing starting pitching profiles. It's Jake Seeley. It's Sammy Reed writing DFS. It's a whole lot of greatness right here for you. You can get the new Fantasy Black Book for baseball on Amazon, on iTunes. You can get it in paperback. You can get it for your Kindle. You can get it anywhere you want, but make sure you get it, because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician, the stable genius of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Right here, we're getting down with the uh, hashtag stats over cipher. If you want to join the cipher, all you got to do is follow me on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds. You can join the chat room that's in the uh, Fantasy Sports Network YouTube chat. I got my man Danny Otto there monitoring the chat. We're going to go to him a little bit later on in the show. And you can always still holler at me at 844-843-6879. People don't want to call me now that the football season is over. I feel used. You know, during the football season, I had like 5, 10, 15 callers a day, but they didn't really love me. They just loved my information. You know, they, they were always like, should I sit this guy or start him? Should I take this trade? Should I make this waiver claim? Now, all of a sudden, they don't want to holler at your boy, but that's okay. We still got the stats over beat cipher, and we're still going to make it happen, whether it be through Twitter whether it be through the YouTube chat, because I want to allow you to be part of the show here on the Fantasy Freestyle where we drop stats over beats. What I told you, though, is that what I'm going to do is I'm going to rank my confidence in the four coaching staffs that are left in the NFL. And, and it probably goes without saying, okay, number one is Bill Belichick and the Patriots, right? I mean, Bill Belichick is the top dog. He's been there for, you know, between 15 and 20 years, they've had kind of a dynasty unlike any other so far in the history of the NFL. So obviously, I mean, like, it is their seventh straight AFC championship game. Seven in a row. They've been in this final four round seven years in a row. And that's why I put up my poll question today because I wanted to see, like, you know, it's the age-old question, does Brady need Belichick or does Belichick need Brady, right? And that's why I said, would you rather, if you can only have one, would it be the quarterback, the defense, the coaching, or the trenches, the O-line and the D-line? And I'm, I'm intrigued that so many more people say the quarterback than the coach. So it seems like people think that, the advantage that Belichick may have over his competition is not as important as Tom Brady up against some of these inexperienced quarterbacks that he's already faced, whether it be Mariota, Osweiler, or the ones that he stands to face, like Blake Bortles and potentially Nick Foles in the Super Bowl or Case Keenum even. But yes, Bill Belichick is my number one coach and coaching staff, but I got to tell you something. I don't know how much longer it lasts. You know, we heard about all the drama, right? But I've said this before, and I'll say it right now. Josh McDaniels is going to leave. Matt Patricia is going to leave. This high-potential linebackers coach they have, Brian Flores, he's in play for the job in Arizona. So what happens then? There's talk of Greg Schiano maybe being a replacement defensive coordinator if they have to go outside the uh, the, uh, organization. What are they going to do at OC? I think, you know... Every coach always talks about how important their coordinators, their position coaches are. I understand Belichick's been doing it for so long. I understand that he is like the the tone setter there, the one voice. But I want to see what happens in the future. But for now, 
And for the next two games that I think the Patriots play, Bill Belichick is the number one coach of everyone left. The second one, as I go down from Belichick in my number two spot, it's Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, everyone loves this guy. He's a mix of a player's coach and uh, and a kind of field general, like hold you accountable. Everyone loves him. You know what I also love? I love that he had that eye issue. Like he's on, he was on the sidelines like wearing a patch he was on the sidelines with his glasses like this is a guy that will be in the trenches I like the disposition of Mike Zimmer the only beef I have with Zimmer is why is he playing Case Keenum like this you know throughout the season Case Keenum was playing like at a pro bowl level and and Zimmer just wouldn't commit to him as his starting quarterback he's like yeah he's my quarterback next week like it seems like he really wanted Teddy Bridgewater to take the mantle and I think you know, I love what he's done culture-wise in Minnesota. I love what he's done implementing his defensive scheme. That's why I mentioned to you that they were my number one defense remaining, even over Cat Scratch Fever, right? I said that yesterday. And I like the way he's building this team. But but I don't really get what he's doing at that quarterback situation, right? He's now going to have this quarterback quandary next year because Keenum, free agent. Bradford, free agent. Teddy Bridgewater, free agent. So we got to see what is he doing in 2018. There's reports that uh, Pat Shermer, wherever he goes, remember he's a candidate in Arizona, he's a candidate for the Giants, that he might try to take Case Keenum with him as like a package deal. So I love Zimmer, but the way he's handled the quarterback situation is a little weird for me, but he's still definitively the number two in my rankings behind only Bill Belichick. The last two, when we go to the Eagles and the Jags, this is kind of a, uh, it was really a tie. It was really like a flip of the coin for me, if you want to know the truth. If you want to know the truth, this was a flip of the coin for me. But ultimately, I went in the three spot for me with Jacksonville, Doug Marone, and you got to kind of put like Tom Coughlin in there as well, right? Tom Coughlin returning to the franchise that he took to an AFC championship game in its second year of existence. He was the uh, foundational, the, 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 the inaugural coach of this franchise when they were an expansion team in the late 90s coming on back here's what I love about Marone and Coughlin what I love about them is that they have established an identity for this team and they did that right away as soon as they came in and it sounded crazy over the summer right when they were literally saying things like we want Blake Bortles to throw the ball zero times a game you know, it sounded like they had no confidence. Remember in the preseason they were talking about, could it be my mad Chad Henne a la vodka actually at quarterback for them? But what they were doing was establishing an identity. They drafted Leonard Fournette fourth overall right after people were saying you don't draft running backs that high. Zeke Elliott, you know, kind of um, as, a, uh, as a kind of exception to the rule in recent years at least. And But I love that they established this identity. I love that they knew what they want and they went out and got it. They spent top five picks on people like Dante Fowler, Jalen Ramsey. They took the chance on um, Miles Jack, you know, and others. They knew what they wanted, investing money in defensive linemen like Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, trading for Darius. They know what they want. That kind of identity and fitting it is a real plus, okay? The only thing that I don't like about Doug Marone. I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, probably at this point about four or five years ago, he had a very weird exit from his tenure with the Buffalo Bills. Um, this was when the franchise was sold to the Pagula family. And the thing is, I, you know, Marone thought he had a job. 
lined up. He thought that he was going to be the head coach of either the Jets or the Giants. I forgot which one it was that year. Maybe it was when they brought McAdoo in instead. Or maybe it was when they brought Bowles in. Because this is a guy, Doug Marone, from the Bronx. Trust me, I know. Speeds is from the Bronx. Doug Marone from the Bronx went to Fordham. So he thought maybe he had his dream job back in New York. And then that didn't fall through, that fell through, you know, so he like left the bills and then was left standing, you know, holding the bag without a job when the music stopped. Right. And so that was just a little weird to me. That showed a little bit poor judgment. In my opinion, he bet on himself and lost. But since he's been back here and with the help of Tom Coughlin, I love that they have identified this uh, this this who they are and now to be quite honest with no exotic smash mouth anymore in Tennessee they are the preeminent kind of running and defense and here's the thing they're a year early with this right and now they're going to be attractive to a quarterback they're going to be attractive to Kirk Cousins Alex Smith Tyrod Taylor they're going to get a quarterback they want and they know what they are looking for I like that that's why the Jags ultimately are number three for me and lastly Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles but you know He's fine. You know, he's fine. He's 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 been a great teacher of offense, a great teacher of quarterbacks. You can you can talk about the system he's done for Carson Wentz, but the reason that I have him fourth here is to be quite honest, like they have more talent than a lot of teams. This is a roster, the Philadelphia Eagles, where a lot of people, like if you look at, say, like Pro Football Focus, who like do the rankings of of players, they had a lot of talent at this offensive line position with the defense. They had a lot of talent. It was really the final piece was Carson Wentz. And yes, Peterson has done a great job there. I love the, 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 the scheme and the concepts they've put in for him. But, you know... Uh, I had to have someone be fourth, and so it was, in fact, Peterson. So I go Pats and Belichick. My only concern there is what happens when he loses all of his trusted lieutenants in the next year. Number two for me was Zimmer. I love the that he's like getting guys to grow his defensive scheme that he took from Cincinnati. My only weird part with him is like why he's like only halfway committing with his quarterback, Case Keenum, throughout the season. Number three for me was Marone. I love what they're doing, establishing an identity, and that is step one, right? If you have a team that's been a laughing stock of the league and has been drafting in the top five of the league for years and years and years, the first step is to establish an identity, and I love that that's what they did. I still think they're a year early. I think they are primed to make a long run here in the AFC. And last for me would be the Eagles and Doug Peterson. But, you know, can't be that bad because he got to the NFC Championship game with his backup quarterback. Remember, I have a poll question up. In which roles would you prefer you to be like the top of the NFL? Well, we also do. We also got a caller, though. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, we're going to go. We got Alvin and Cali. Do we have Alvin, Alvin and Cali here? Let's do that right before the break. Alvin, uh, you're here on the Stats Overbeat Cypher with your boy Speeds. What's going on, Alvin? What's up, Speeds? Dilly dilly, brother. Dilly dilly to you. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say uh, big ups and uh, thank you for uh, all you guys do at FPNFY, you know, just helping out with the Stats Overbeat for the Cypher. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to let you know, just want to reveal myself. It's your boy, Strong Style Ninja. Strong Style! That is what's up, Strong Style. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I really appreciate you, to be quite honest. You know, I appreciate the kind words that you have for the cypher, for the fantasy freestyle, for speeds, and for the entire network. But really, it's about people like you that are tried and true, trusted fans that are here. You heard me at the top of the segment being like, oh, people ain't calling no more. So I'm glad, Alvin, that you do. Let me ask you real quick before we go to break. Your handle, Strong Style. Yes, sir. Does that have anything to do with uh, the artist Shinsu? Nakamura? Uh, yes, it is. Actually, I'm a big pro wrestling fan, 
And, uh, yes, I'm a big Shinsuke Nakamura fan. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you, you know. Shinsuke is going to definitely win the Rumble. and uh, Him versus AJ, AJ Styles, Styles huh? The, uh, WWE title. Yeah, yeah then, I mean, uh, they've had that match all across the, the globe, right? They've had that match all across the globe already. In Japan, they've fought a number of times. It's It'll be impossible for those two guys to not put on a show. I agree with you, Alvin, and thanks for the call. And stay in the chat room for us all the time. I thoroughly appreciate it. When we come back, we're going to go to the Stats Overbeat Cypher right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis. Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. This is the Fantasy Freestyle. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spittin' Statistician. You know what it is, the stable genius of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I want to give a big shout-out to Strong Style for calling in. It's not only on the YouTube chat that you get to be uh, part of the hashtag StatsOverBeatCypher. And a uh, big shout-out to everybody listening right now. I got to tell you, though, something. Just because my name is Speeds, though, don't speed on the roads. Okay, if you're driving like, you know, if you're driving right now, don't get a ticket. All right. You know who you are. Don't get a ticket. Um, I also I want to give a big shout out real quick to uh, Drew Dinkmeyer. Okay, you guys know Drew Dinkmeyer from DailyRoto.com. The uh, FSTA has just come out with some of their awards. And Drew Dinkmeyer was named as the first ever, the inaugural award winner of a new award called the Humanitarian of the Year. In the fantasy sports industry. And I got to tell you, you guys know about Drew. Drew won the Millionaire Maker. Uh, I think it was back in uh, 2014. And what he did was he took some of this money and he donated. He started with $10,000 of what he called the Welly Maker campaign right after he won the Millie Maker. And what this does is this is now like a foundation and a campaign. And it has raised, get this, $40,000 already to help underprivileged communities have clean drinking water. I think that's absolutely awesome. Take some of the money you win in DFS and fantasy football, and you're definitely winning if you're part of the Stats Over Beat Cypher. And uh, do me a favor. Check out his Welly Maker campaign. It is a very, um, it's a very good cause. We're also going going to have Drew join us on uh, Lineup Lock Live. That's me and my guy, the Tony Sincata, tomorrow uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So I had to get that out there uh, real quick because it is very, very important. Also, remember, we got this poll question up right now. I want to hear what you guys are saying, whether it's Strong Style in the chat room or anybody else. I want to know, the question is, in which role would you prefer your NFL team to be elite, to be like top three in the NFL or the best in the NFL? Is it the quarterback position? Is it the defense? Is it in the trenches, the O-line and the D-line? Or is it coaching? And I am surprised right now. I thought, I thought quarterback would be the runaway winner of this poll. At this point, only 32% are saying quarterback. 39% are saying O-line and D-line, which I think is interesting. Remember, I've been saying this for a while. The game is won in the trenches, although... I, I think I would take a uh, 
If I could have an elite quarterback, I think I would take that as well. Here's what we got to do. We got to go into uh, putting the fun in functional sports radio. I've got to have my guy Danny Otto down there in the fantasy pit of misery responding to some of these stories and telling me what the people in the chat room are saying. But I got to tell you this first. Check this out. Um, so you know on the Philadelphia Eagles how Lane Johnson, their Pro Bowl right tackle, he wears like this dog mask all the time. That's like something they do, and he wears this mask and rolls around like, you know, maybe it's part intimidating, part whatever. Like, it's just what they do. Okay, well, apparently a lot of Eagles fans are starting to wear these masks as well. Okay, and check this out. The Philadelphia Eagles have now said dog masks will be allowed in the stadium for the NFC Championship game. I don't know how I feel about this. This is a fan base, like I said, that booed Santa Claus, that cheered when Michael Irvin was paralyzed on the turf. There was an actual precinct, a court, and a jail cell in the stadium in years past because they had to process so many fights and so many belligerent fans. And I told you yesterday about a 22-year-old Philly fan that got kicked out of the game against Atlanta and wound up punching a horse now you're gonna let these people wear masks and conceal their identity i don't think this is a good public relations or public safety move for the philadelphia eagles you're gonna let people in masks and then what happens if the eagles are losing I think this could uh, have all the makings of a uh, civic unrest kind of situation. But coming straight from the Philadelphia Eagles Twitter handle, their official, their official uh, PR, they are in fact going to allow dog masks to be worn. All you got to do is take them off when you go through security. I don't know about that. Here's the other thing I want to ask you about. And we're going to bring in my man Danny Otto right now to talk about this a little bit. Um, Dana White who is the uh, you know, like commissioner, in essence, of UFC, says that uh, Conor McGregor needs to fight and defend his title before September or else he's going to be stripped. I mean, he fought, he fought it's, been five, it's been five months since the Floyd Mayweather fight, but that wasn't a UFC fight. It's almost two years since Conor McGregor has defended their title. In fact, Dana White is now working on another fight at 155 pounds. Okay, it's going to be Tony Ferguson versus uh, Khabib. I can't pronounce his last name. It's Norma Gomadev or something like that. And they're working on this, and they're saying that if this is like in September and Connor hasn't fought, uh, Dana White, the quote is that he will quote unquote absolutely strip Connor McGregor of the title. I think it's valid because you got to be an active champ. You got to fight. You got to defend your title. And Connor McGregor is kind of like not ready to do that. What I want to do is bring in my boy Danny Otto uh, into the conversation because he's really an MMA, a UFC kind of guy. Danny, what do you think? I think this is completely fine if Connor's not fighting uh, for a year, a year and a half. You got to give people shots at the belt. So what do you think about Dana White working on another 155-pound fight, right, that'll either be an interim title or be for a vacated title. Tell me more about this. Well, I actually I agree with you. I really don't have a problem with it, uh, stripping the bell. It, it, it's, it's more, I feel like right now, though, the fight, no matter what, between uh, Tony and Khabib is already happening. It's already booked. Okay. So that's going to happen. So that's going to, and that's in September, correct? 
I believe so. I, I think know it's, it's in September. It's UFC uh, 223. I believe it's, okay. it's going to be in Brooklyn, actually. Ooh, nice. Maybe we should get some press passes. I, that would be nice. Let's work on that. Let's talk to our boys Nando Defino and Mike Cardano over there about us covering this event. Sounds good to me. All right. But uh, I, I so either it's going to be for an interim or it's going to be for the undisputed Vacated. title. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but I, I, right now, honestly, I. Feel like it's uh, more of a tactic to try to get Connor right. to. He's just fight trying to like sooner. apply the screws to him, right? Like a, a little bit of pressure on Connor. A little bit, yeah. Right. So, well, how do you think this is ultimately going to wind up? Uh, it's 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 who's going to blink first? Either Connor's going to stand by it, and then. Uh, so he. So here's my question for you, because you're plugged into this. Who needs who more? Does Dana White and the UFC need Conor McGregor more, or does Conor McGregor need the UFC more? Because I, quite frankly, I think it's that UFC needs Conor because that's that's the gate you know that that's the million and a half pay-per-view buys Conor McGregor is now because of the Floyd fight a brand onto himself he doesn't need this he already made more money in his fight against Floyd than he'll ever make fighting you know Tony Ferguson oh yeah I absolutely agree with you it, it, he's he's one of those polarizing uh athletes characters in general like you automatically know who he is whether you follow MMA or not right, so right. I, I think yeah you I agree he he was huge in the UFC before the Floyd fight, mm-hmm. but now after the Floyd fight, even though he lost, he's he's huge just in in normal everyday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he, like UFC has lost their two assets that have crossover slash mainstream appeal in Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. You know what I mean? Like those were the two names that you know uh, the 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 regular fan kind of new from UFC and and they're on the verge of losing them both you know so is it are people going to line up for uh you know who for for Tony Ferguson no are people even going to line up for uh you know St. Pierre or whoever no they're not they need these kind of brand names to to keep the sport you know getting getting big arenas so that UFC 223 or whatever it is gets 2 million pay-per-view buys. If you don't have that name at the top of the marquee, what are you really going to do? Are you going to sell it all on Holly Holm? I don't think so, Venture. Uh, I don't think so, Danny. You just called me Venture, didn't you? I did, I did. <laughs> you know why? Because here's what I was thinking. Because Venture's back tomorrow, and here's the thing. You guys, we played uh, Venture's, you know, his, his lyricism. <laughs> We have still yet to play his first effort. You show put me on to what he did first. What we actually played and compared against Cole Beasley the other day was like his better showing. And so I heard his first one, and I, you know, I had that on my radar for how we're going to talk about that. So I, 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 uh, I apologize, though, Danny. I apologize. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, how was popping off? Popping off went really well, actually. Um, not actually. It, it went really well. You and Ashley Abreu making it happen? Yeah, I, I I thought it was a lot of fun. It was our second episode that we taped, and uh, it, I guess it's safe to officially announce next Ooh. week's going to be live. We're breaking news here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Popping off, we'll be live. Is it Wednesday at 9 p.m.? Yeah, Wednesday 9 p.m. Absolutely. You definitely, guys, you Sats Over Beat Cypher, everybody listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got to not only listen to the stable genius, you got to keep it locked on Wednesday all the way to 9 o'clock after Robert Latal and BSO Live. And check out my guy, Danny Otto. Check out Ashley Needs Answers. They're popping off where they cover everything. Is it correct to say? I don't want to put words in your mouth. We're, we're, we're covering nerd culture on popping off? Yeah, nerd, geeky, cult, uh, pop culture, everything in between. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, what are the people saying there? And the stats overbeat cipher. Big shout out again to Strong Style who called in to the show. Um, what are people saying? 
Well, right now, uh, we have somebody new, at least new to me. I haven't seen them in the chat uh, that often. Tim Pierce. Okay. He was actually one of the first couple of people to, to start saying stuff. He was talking about the injury reports, and it says, yeah. it seems like nowadays injury reports are just to throw off the other team in, in bigger games. Yeah, I can see that. You know, you know how, like, in hockey, they just are, like, upper body injury or lower body injury because they don't want to really let people know. And, and here's the thing. Like, it was last year. Uh, they changed it. Like, now there's no more, like, probable questionable, doubtful. And so what happens is instead, people try to read the tea leaves on these practice reports. In essence, like a full practice or limited practice is kind of probable. And if they're DNP, it's kind of questionable. And so now teams like the Patriots are doing the same thing when it comes to this. Yeah, definitely. So there, there you have it, and that's what I think is happening. So I agree with what you're saying there. We got only 30 seconds before the break, so I want to hear what other people are saying when we come back. But when we do, it's Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode with your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. We'll see what other people are saying. We'll talk about the unified Korea team, and uh, we'll check in on the poll again. Come on right back. Fantasy Freestyle. Fantasy Freestyle. Now, I maintain that Tom Brady is going to play, going to be the quarterback for the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But I hate midweek injuries because that means it happens in practice. They talked about it already. He jammed his hand in practice. I don't like midweek downgrades, and he went from limited to DNP. These are issues, okay? This is real. The Jags are going to get pressure. They are going to hit Tom Brady. Will this actually be an issue in performance? Weekdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got this poll question up. Would you rather your team to be truly elite at quarterback, defense, coaching, or in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line? Right now, 39% of you say in the trenches, your O-line and your D-line, if you could be best in the league at something, it would be the big uglies up front. Clayton Trahan. Big shout-out to Clayton, always responding, says, build out from the trenches. We've seen what an elite O-line can do in Dallas, what an elite D-line can do, causing havoc in any backfield. Michael Perez, big shout-out to him, stats over beat Cypher, Dilly Dilly, says, all are important in their own right, but not seeing my team's D-line get pressure drives me nuts. I understand that. I understand that. Maybe it is in the trenches. And then Metis at NY. Metis says, tough one. My Giants need all of the above. Looks like with the number two pick, they're going to try and get their heir apparent for their franchise quarterback. I think it's going to wind up being the Rosen one. But uh, a lot of people think that you got to build from the out, uh, from the inside out. Uh, do we still got my man Danny Otto out there? He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. I hear him, I hear we him. Do, he's we coming. Do. <laughs> All right. What else are people saying, Danny? Anything else well, that's of note here for the freestyle? I'll, I'll go back a little bit further to the beginning when, when we were kind of talking about – you were talking about the Steelers and how uh, it was going to have to be their year next year. Yeah. Uh, so Strong Style Ninja ah. agrees with you. Yep. It needs to be either the Steelers or the Saints' years. Yeah, yeah because year. time is running out, right? Time is running out. on I, You know – 
you could almost say like the Chargers as well, right? By the same thing. Right. Ben, Rivers, like these this this era of quarterback is ending and then instead you can start to see, you know, the guys that are the same age as like the, the Matt the Matt Ryans, the Matt Staffords of the world become like the old guard. Uh Aaron Rodgers as well obviously has some years left. But you're right. These you know, the Brady's, the Eli's, the Breezes, the Big Ben's, the Rivers, they these guys are, you know, in the last years of their career, I really think that the Steelers really got to shove all in and put all their chips in the table. Thanks there, Danny, in the fantasy pit of misery. I won't see you uh, tomorrow, so uh, come on back Monday. We'll be talking about a Super Bowl matchup. Uh, The last thing I want to mention, though, here on the show is, uh, you know, we hear all this stuff about North Korea. And South Korea, you know, but the Olympics will be in South Korea starting on February 9th, only a few uh, weeks away. And we'll, we'll be talking about the Olympics when they are going on down there in Pyeongchang. But uh, here's the thing. They're going to be competing together. Isn't this like two countries that were almost at war that like we're intervening with? They're going to compete together under a unified flag. They did this in 2000. They did it in 2004 in the Summer Games. They did it in 2006 in the Torino Games in Italy. They have not done it since. Obviously, these countries, you know, split after World War II, you know, in like 1945. Not only are they going to compete under a united flag, they're going to walk in together, which I think is very interesting given the civil unrest and the political discourse that's been out there. They're also fielding a combined women's ice hockey team for... Uh, the Olympics. Okay, so I think that's interesting. It's also interesting. You remember the Jamaican bobsled team? Cool runnings, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. They are also, this uh, Olympics in about three weeks, they are fielding the first ever women's bobsled team from the nation of Jamaica, Wataguan. You know what I mean. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I think it's very interesting. I've been worried about like safety at these Olympic Games with all the discourse between the stable genius and King Jong-un right there in his backyard. But the fact that they're working together to kind of maybe uh, have a united South Korea and North Korea team and, and entrance in, the, in uh, the opening ceremony, I think that bodes well for safety and for... Uh, you know, the Olympics to be the spirit of what it should be. We will definitely be talking about it right here on the Stats Overbeat Cypher as we put the fun and functional sports radio. But on tomorrow's show, we are all about Championship Sunday. My picks, the kids' picks, some DFS lineups as well. It's your boy, Dane Martinez. Come find me tomorrow right here, 7 o'clock Eastern time. It'll be the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm out. Peace. See you tomorrow.